and watch this week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Sulfur and Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. Parkin, enjoying your bank holiday? Yeah, it's not bad. The sun came out late on. That was nice. I've not done anything, to be honest with you. I've just, like you do on a bank holiday, just sat around, watched telly. But yeah, it's been okay. It's just nice to have people around, you know, see people in the street and that kind of thing, because during the week, usually dead. But uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been all right. I'm just all keyed up for for a match now. Missed it last week. It's bad when you get in the swing of it and then it's taken away from you. I know mm. we had the international, but actually physically watching your team is it's a different emotion, isn't it? And not having it last week, I was I was a bit gutted. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back. Yeah, I did the traditional bank holiday barley farm trip. Got myself a roast, no carbs though, and I was like, oh, I've got the sweats again. Well, it was a good sweats this time. You can't, you can't be a good carvery though, can you? No, let's be honest. That's that's yeah, that's probably what bank holidays are made for, really. Yeah, never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just sat home and chilled out. But now you've said that, oh, missed out now. Yeah, Deliveroo. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want a, want a roast. I want it now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do, or somebody would. Yeah, uh, but uh, I'll grab some scran in a bit, but it, sadly it won't be a roast. No, no. So uh, loads to go at this week because obviously we ran out of time last week with all the all the reviews and, and the big news regarding the supporters share scheme. So we'll go through all the news which has gone in the last couple of weeks. So we'll start with the supporters share scheme, Parker. Nearly a hundred thousand pounds donated slash invested. What a fantastic effort so far from the fans! Yeah, in a week. That's. Mm. I mean, that's phenomenal, isn't it? You, I mean, especially in these these times at the moment, money's you know it's tight for everyone. You think hundred quid? I mean, it's you know it's filling your car up, isn't it? The, the prices they are now. It's it's doing a shop. It's whatever. It's paying your bills. So people have been massively generous. Obviously, there's a Long way to go, but there's still plenty of time. This is like one week, and obviously you'll get a peak, but it'll keep coming through. And it's a brilliant effort from everyone. I'm sure the club will be delighted with the response. The more the word gets spread, I'm sure more and more money will come in, and then the club will know where they're at and what you know what they're going to be working with. Yeah, all about momentum in it, really. 350 owners, positive reviews in the press. Everybody really excited about what's to come with this parking. I just think, obviously, it's the start of something. We talked about reasons why people would want to get involved and, and we talked about being the opportunity club. And this is an opportunity for us fans to literally your money where your mouth is. If you think you can help the club and your money will go into a part of the club and to, for them to grow, it's a great thing looking looking forward. Yeah, I think it's opened up a lot of people's eyes. You mm. get people every week saying, "Why don't we do this? Why aren't we signed in? Why can't? Why you know we need this? Why don't we go? You know, we we say every week, oh, we need another prop, but we know financially it's not not a great thing. But there are people out there who don't seem to get that yeah. that it costs money that we don't have. The club has no money. It pays bills and wages, and that's that's how it's working. This investment could help us get out of that problem and. And give everybody who's perhaps a little bit sceptical about, you know, running in a club or something like that, an inside look as of next year as to what actually goes on and what it costs to run a rugby league club full time. And how difficult it's been for the last few years for Paul King and Ian Blees and all the staff there that you know, worked unbelievably hard to, to get us to the position we're in with you know very little staff and certainly no money. So this is this is your chance now to, you know, like you've just said, put your money where your mouth is. 
it's easier for us to sit there and criticise and, you know, wow, we should be doing this. Why have they done that and we don't do this? You get a look inside, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak, and, and it's it, times are tough for everybody, including, you know, your rugby league club. But, yeah, it, I mean, so far, so good. It looks positive. And uh, I think more people will jump on board. Obviously, it's, like I say, it's been a tough time, but we launched it at the end of a month where people don't get paid till the end of the month kind of thing. So again, you might get another boost now. And going forward, you know, people will have plans already in place that they're paid off or, you know, holidays to pay for or whatever. And then they might think, I've still got, you know, this money, let's, let's put it in. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's going well. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed we can hit that 250 as soon as possible and then push on from there. Yep, so very exciting. Keep your eyes on Sofra Devils socials. They'll tell you when they, they get over 100k and uh, continue the march to the, the first level of 250k. Parkers, obviously, there's other after 250k, there's ambitions to get museums and, and other things, which is important. Obviously, we can't just aim to go for 250k, we need to go up, up, up and beyond that. Yeah, I mean, just push as far as we can. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully, you know, there's enough time for everybody to get you know, to get donations in or, or, well, you know, buy your share kind of thing. And hopefully some of the businesses in the area will be will be picked up and, and invest larger amounts. It's, you know, it's it's brilliant that us as fans, you know, you can start 100 quid and that's, that's great, but it, we're going to need big donations to hit big targets. Mm-hmm. And the more we can do that, the more we can bring in from private and corporate business, we'll push us further on. And, and the more money we've got, the better things will be. It's, it's, I mean, it's obvious you think that of your own, you know, your own home and the, what what you have to spend in your life. If you had a bit more money, it'd be great. So yeah, I think I think we'll we'll do all that. Okay, I think we'll get there for the first first marker, and then it's a case of urging people to say, let's not stop. This is mm. you know, this is a big thing we're doing now, and this will fund the club for the next you know, God knows how many years, and put things in place that will benefit us going forward. Once IMG, you know. Get, get us, you know, hopefully get us a, a license and moving forward. Yep, very exciting times. Keep your eyes on that. Other news, uh, Huddersfield Challenge Cup. Mm. Park it at home. It's uh, live on V-Play. Return of Ian Watson, obviously, left us for bigger and better things, he thought. Um, opportunity for Salford to uh, to write that wrong. Yeah, and I think I think we possibly we don't owe them one as such. Obviously, what we did to them last year in the playoffs was was enough for, for most of us to be to be happy. But the, the performance against Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago just fell below a little bit. I know we had a lot of injuries, and, and you know, and we were up against a, a strong squad there at Huddersfield. They've got magnificent resources, really, that we could only dream of, which is. Again, going back to people putting money in. But, uh, yeah, it's a good chance for us to hit back. And, and being at home, I mean, we've got to make the most of it. It could have been a hell of a lot worse, that draw. I mean, you know, you look at Leeds and Wigan and Catalan, Warrington, you know, massive thing. We have got a Super League club, but we're at home. And if we get through this, who knows? I mean, you've got to have the, the winner of York and London. One of them's going to be in the next round, definitely. You're not far away from Wembley. That's that's the key. And I, I hope we can get players back. On, you know, onto the park. We got a full team out. We'll, we'll trouble anyone. So, in a one-off game, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a, a great tie and one that I, I think we should be looking forward to because I think I think the two teams are very contrasting in style. And I think last time we played them, I think we brought the best out of Huddersfield at our place. I think they played a slightly different style than the, the, the usual. They were a little bit more adventurous, not not overly. I mean, you know, they're not not quite the Harlem Globetrotters, but they. They, they knew that they had to play a different way to beat us. So uh, I think the two styles will clash and it'll be, it'll be a good tie. 
yeah, be excited. Obviously, the Challenge Cup, the, the one we all want, obviously got there against Leeds, but none of us actually physically went to Wembley. So it would be great if we can get to the the Twin Towers and win the Cup. So it's been, yeah, I mean, I was one of the, the foolish that travelled down there and on the faint hope that we might might be let in during COVID for the, for the final. But we stood outside and then all went to the, the boozer and watched it. So, <laughs> a bit, you know, whatever. If we'd have won it, it would have been a... An amazing weekend down there, but it was great anyway for the lads to get there. But a massive achievement after so long. But to, to go back with fans and us as Salford fans, I mean, the Challenge Cup means a hell of a lot to me. And I, I really, I think it probably is because it's a bit of the Holy Grail because it shouldn't mean anything to me because we've never, we've mm. never done anything in it really. We've a few semi-finals and a final in my lifetime. It's, but it's it, it's got that draw for me more so than the grand final. You know, people may say I'm crazy, but that's I was I grew up with the Challenge Cup being the the big knockout. You know, you you get a big team or whatever, you, or you'd start off at away at Bramley and then you'd have a bigger tie next and build up. You know, and who can forget the euphoria of the the Wigan game back in '96? Things like that. You know, moments like that in, in cups are brilliant, and I I just love to watch us walk out. Actually, be in the stadium and see us walk out at Wembley. At that point, I think you could probably take me there. I wouldn't be too fussed about the result or even seeing the end of the game, to be honest with you. Just to see him come out of the tunnel into into that, past the trophy. I mean, if, if we ever won it, I don't know what I'd do. I, I think I'd lose my mind, but it's exciting. I love the Challenge Cup. I know a lot of people, they're probably the older generation more so than perhaps people who've been watching 10, 15 years. It's more Super League based, isn't it? But um, no, it's a great competition. I, I'd like the format to be changed again. I don't think it's don't think it's quite working the way it is, but still, if you win it, I don't care how it works. Yeah, so exciting times. I'd love to. I'd love to get there, and this is the first step. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the quote is. Some, a dream is a dream you dream alone, and a, a target is a dream you dream together. Something like that. Maybe I might just making these quotes up. You know, Park. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> just roll. Just style it out like some kind of a Gandhi. Other news. The reserves will now play Hull Kiar away in August. I presume we were due to play in this week, but fixture was moved. Stuart Wilkinson's men's obviously had a week off after last week's win. That's a, that's a long gap isn't mm. it? For, for a rescheduled game to move to August. A bit bizarre. I'm sure the lads are happy because it's a, it's a long and arduous trip to, to go up to, to Rovers, isn't it? It's not always comfortable. Let's say that. So give us a bit more time to build. And these lads, like we say every week, they're just most of them are still learning and, and an experience like going up to Craven Park. If that's you know, where they're going to play, it will be. If you've not played there, I'm sure you know, quite a daunting task. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, the, the lads, the, these lads are, are still learning and need need games. But this one, obviously, going to have to wait. Yeah. Talking about my quotes, Parky, it wasn't too far off. It's a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is a reality. Not too far away. Okay. Okay. Credit I mean, to her. Just going back to the Challenge Cup, I mean, what I feel it would be for the club as well, financially, hopefully. I know last time, I think by making Wembley, we lost money. Because mm. you couldn't sell merchandise. You had no, you know, there was no ticket money. There was nothing really out of it. And the prize money was probably rubbish because rugby league does that. But obviously, we, we travelled down the day before and it was coached to the station. They got, I think they got a, a private train or first class train down to, to London and the hotel and everything else. But it'd be great financially, I think, for us to get there with fans, 
you know, you add all that on the, the merchandise alone and that kind of thing and, and the publicity. And in this time where we want a bit of cash mm. coming in, it's perfect. So, you never know. We're all, we're, we're all there. Hopefully it comes in and we can uh, we can really embrace it this time rather than watch it on the box. Talking about embracing things, Max Need kicked his 503rd point for Salford over two stints. What a player he's been for us, you know, in recent times. Uh, the real sort of general for me gets us around the field is our brain, really. And obviously, he's lost a, a probably a yard or two of pace, but really, he was never really that fast anyway. But he's so important to this team. Yeah, I think I think what you lose in, in pace, you gain the experience and, mm. and know how, don't you? And he's, he's certainly got that. He can lead us around the pitch brilliantly. He's a great foil with. With Brody, you know, the two completely different styles and one does one job and one does the other and it works, you know, brilliant. It did all last year. It's, you know, not doing bad this year either. And his he's overall game, his awareness, you know, the timing of a, a well-placed kick or, or whatever, you know, even even last week, the game against Catalan, you know, deciding to take the two when, he, when we did, won us the game in the end, you know, things like that. And you can rely on him doing that. That's the main thing. There's no point trying to take penalties if you've got to miss. Mm. He's as accurate as anyone in the game possibly has ever been. He's brilliant. And I remember him coming through in the, the academy years ago. We had a great academy team at the time. You know, people like Theo Farge and I think the Warren brothers were there. And people like, you know, we were bringing players through at a great rate at that point. Unfortunately, it all got, you know, scrapped. And these players then move on. And he's had a great career everywhere he's gone. I mean, he's probably... I don't want to speak on behalf of him, but he's probably a bit of a legend in Hull hmm. for what he did. You know, the Challenge Cup wins, and he, he obviously won the Lance Todd. So, yeah, no, it's all credit to him for, for keeping going all them years. And, and now, you know, coming back to a sort of full circle and, and leading us as, as well as he is. And, yeah, no, he's a, he's a brilliant achievement. Yeah, I think I heard a stat somewhere that he's, in, he's engaging defenders more than he ever has. Uh, which is obviously, you know, testament to him adapting his, his style the older he's got and producing better rugby league and, and chances. And obviously, like you say, his link up with, with Brodie Croft is, is unreal. Obviously, Ryan Briley out the back as well. You know, we've got, you know, creative aspects all over our team, which is, you know, he's a vital part of that. And, and obviously, to get 503 points for Salford is a, is a wonderful thing. You know, congratulations on that, Mark. And hopefully, many more, many more to come in the next couple of years. Uh, we talked about the Catalan game last week, Parker. The attendance was 3,947, which was 1,400 better than last year. We know United was playing. We know 4,000 isn't going to raise massive eyebrows, but you're looking at a massive increase there, 1,400 supporters over 12 months, which is you know should be applauded for me. Oh, undoubtedly. They made, they made the right move in moving the kickoff as well to give people, you know, the opportunity to come and watch watch us and then if they wanted to go and watch United, that that you know, that was fine. That was there for you. It is it is a massive achievement. I think I think we've seen it and it does go hand in hand with success on the pitch. Of course mm. it does. You know, there's no we could do every marketing tool in the in the book. We can you, you can do anything you like, but if your team's rubbish, you're not gonna do anything. <laughs> I remember a guy saying to me, sadly passed, an old friend of mine who said years ago when we were at the Still the, the the willows or we, the willows were still there. I remember drinking with him, and he said, "There's one thing Salford have never tried for years, and it's success hmm. to get people into the ground." 
And at that point, you know, you, you're going, yeah, you're probably right. We've done everything else. You know, we remember going back to Trish Goldsmith and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It, we, we've tried it. We just can't keep them because you get beat and nobody comes back. And it's changed now. And last year, the, the momentum that was built at the back end of last season was tremendous. I mean, them numbers, sadly, we're taking them away and not at home. But, you know, starting with it, the Cass game away and then uh, obviously Huddersfield and Saints, I, unreal numbers. We, we know they're there. We know the support's there. It's just getting them week in, week out. Clashing with United every week isn't helping. I know they, we've mentioned it before. There was a stat wasn't put out that, you know, it's been... Best part of the year since we've not played on the same day. I mean, how do you get around that? I don't I don't know. Do we look at the fixtures pre and try and talk to the, the RFL and Super League and say, can we move this? Or do we just stick to our guns and say, well, this is our support. You're never going to come and watch us or you're not. It's as simple as that. I just I, We've got to be careful with that because we don't want to alienate people and say, well, I've got a season ticket of both. What do we do? Hmm. But no, it's positive. You know, numbers are up. We know they are. I mean, I can see it around me in, in, in the West End. The seats that were vacant this time last year are now full with faces that I don't recognise, people I've never seen before, families that I've never seen. And it, it, it's brilliant. And I mean, there was a lady sat behind me this week who was basically being explained all the rules because she obviously didn't know. She was from, she was from the South somewhere. I'm not 100% the accent, but and she was, she absolutely loved it, loved every minute of it. And the game, obviously, because the Catalan game was exciting and the way it ended and everything else, I'll, I'll guarantee she'll come back. And that's that's what's going to put bums on seats for us. But uh, no, I can't fault the, the club on what they're trying. And we just need what we do need is a team who are going to bring fans with them to help us a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, because again, the atmosphere is a big thing. And again, against Catalan, you've got no fans, no away fans to to oppose. We've played Wakefield, who and won in, or scored a point in three weeks. We've had games on Thursdays against teams from Yorkshire. We have got. Wigan, Warrington, Saints, Lake, all to come at our place. We've got, you know, Leeds even. I don't know. They don't bring loads these days. But these will be bigger attendances which should create an atmosphere. You win them games, people come back. I think we'll be all right. I think our average at the end of this year might might surprise us a bit. Mm. It's a slow build, isn't it? I think, Park. You, you can't expect 8,000, 10,000 people just to rock up and, and to keep them. It's it's word of mouth. It's, it's you know, the right kind of news in in news articles promoting what we do well playing good rugby and people engage with that and think oh you know what I might give Salford a chance but that doesn't happen overnight you've got to kind of it's like kind of brainwashing the people who aren't involved to think I'm missing out on something here I need to go and that's what you kind of hope that's what what's happening at the moment all the positive stuff that's coming out of the club especially with this supporters share scheme seems to engage a lot of people into what the Mm -hmm. club are all about and you're kind of hoping that that will feed down yet we've got supporters who have obviously invested but there will be people who aren't going every week thinking you know what if i if i want to engage in this i might go down and see what i'm engaging in which is important obviously you've got to take you know you keep your your current supporters got to keep them happy but also you've got to engage in new people all the time to bring the, the fresh blood in as it were so very excited about you know what what what's what's going on regarding the attendances. They're not massive, but we are going the right direction, and that's all we can ask for. The club, like you say, doing great promotions, engaging with schools, engaging the community. There's nothing else that they can do. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of waiting for the wheels to turn. As soon as the wheels start to turn, continue to win matches, continue to reach playoffs, continue to score, you know, play well. Yeah, you know, people will come. Yeah, it's something I looked at. 
the other day, I found a, an old sort of magazine that I had, rugby league sort of preview to a season. I think Open Rugby at the time, the, hmm. the, you know, the famous magazine, they, they, they brought it out. And it was looking forward to the 87-88 season. Right. Well, what they'd done, they'd listed the crowds from the year before, the average crowds, and only one team at that point averaged over 10,000, right? Nothing right. was ever said about this at the time. You know, we had Saints averaging six, Warrington were getting four. We were averaging 2,700. This is first division rugby league at the time. Now, that's an average over a whole season. Mm. And you look at rugby league now and the health that it's in, considering it still doesn't get the, the, the press and media, but people worry about crowds a little bit too much. It comes and goes in terms of, you know, in, in rugby league. And if you look back, you know, 20 years, Crowds weren't great at all. So I think what we're achieving at the moment is, is pretty good and it's going to take us a while because it's been, been you know, 40 odd years, not far off 50 years since we won anything proper. Mm. You know, people aren't just going to tip up. We need to, like you've said, you need to build slowly. But we're starting from a decent base now. And I, I think I think we will, I think, we, like I say, I think our average at the end of the year will be, will be fairly decent. If we can end up averaging five and a half, I mean, that'd be, that's, that's pretty good. I think the best I ever remember as an average in my 40-odd years was 6,000-something as an average over a whole year. That was late 80s. So we're not going to get 10,000. We're not going to get probably 8,000 on average. But we can aim for five and a half, six. I mean, that's a great, you know, a great number for us and a massive improvement. Yeah, I have to go back in the memory banks. I'm sure Paul King something about said something about reaching is it five or six thousand means we can spend the full cap. Obviously, things might have changed since then, but it's an indicator in it. If we do manage to reach that kind of area, the health the club should be in, which is exciting. We'll have to wait and see what plays out. Like you say, you know, big teams to come with big followings will bump up that average, and obviously, as long as we keep winning, all good. Other news: Tyler Dupree selected for England in the mid-season international against France. Been fantastic for us all season. And from what I saw, you know, played very well. Yeah, he did all right. He did, he did okay. He took a couple of, you know, really big drives. And every time there was three, two, three French forwards trying to trying to drag him down. Yeah, it was, it was a fairly, you know, impressive sort of debut, really. I mean, they all did. I mean, you have to question the opposition as well, unfortunately. But... Uh, no, brilliant, great for Tyler. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've told everyone I know I was <laughs> telling the wife about it, about him. You know, he kept, he was at Leeds Academy, he gets booted out of there, and he played older in the in the League One. You know, then he went to Widnes and played part time, and within less than twelve months, he's an England international, a full international. I mean, what an effort from him. I mean, great for, from our point of view for Rolls and Bleasy for picking him up in the first place, giving him another chance. Like you always say, opportunity club. That that's that's perfect evidence. Getting him into shape, and then you know him himself, his own endeavour, and now he's attracting again attention from other clubs. Fortunately, we've got him under contract, so you know whatever. But that again is why we need money coming in, so we can keep hold of these players. But he's uh, <coughs> he's not excuse me, he's not even in his his, his peak yet. Hmm. So I think he's going to be an international for for many years to come. I'm just full of praise for him. Yeah, very exciting times. You know, development so far been fantastic. Like you said, he's got years ahead of him. He's going to be a 
a superstar player for me. So hopefully that'll be in a red shirt. We've got him in a long-term contract. You know, hopefully he'll continue to develop. We'll get him another long-term contract and we'll see the, the best years of his life in a, in, a, in a Salford shirt. Talk about the internationals, both the men and the women convincingly beat France at 64-0 at Parker. Not great for the sport. Obviously, international level sport you do get you know media representation you, you get headlines in newspapers you get tv you get you know people know about it but i don't know how positive that is for the game that we smash france by 64 points to nil twice i, I agree i don't think it, it it does anything for the sport i mean you, you know i say you, you everyone's heard me say about international rugby I, I want it to be massive i want what rugby union have got because that's why rugby union gets so much coverage because of the international game really i believe there was nearly sixty thousand at twickenham for the women's game the mm. other day against against france only less than nine thousand turned up at, at warrington for our international you know because i think most of us knew what was going to happen the difference in class. I know they were missing players, the French, but even if they had them, they're not getting near this England team. And, and this England team isn't the strongest England team that could have been picked. Players rested or injured or whatever else. The gap is, I think he's getting bigger. And that's a bit of a worry considering we do have, I mean, last season we had two full-time French teams in the Super League. Uh, and I'm not sure it's advanced far enough. I'm not saying right off the, you know, the thing, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think we need to look at it again and, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because there isn't anybody else in the northern hemisphere we can play. Mm. You know, France is probably the strongest. If you can get the the Australian contingent in in a Greek squad or an Italian squad or whatever, then maybe you could have a you know a go. But it's not really going to work. There's only really obviously as we know the major South Sea teams, the Aussies, Kiwis, and Tongans that kind of thing, and ourselves that are going to compete. We can't have a, a mid-season international where we've got to fly over the other side of the world or them to us. But there's got to be an answer. We've got to do something and get this international game sorted. I mean, I feel I felt for the French. Like they never stopped. They never gave up. You know, and they certainly put some shots in. And there are some good players, but they're not enough of them. Mm. And you've got players in there in that French team who are playing in their elite one league. You know, their their championship, and it's it's not good enough. And we can't just rely on on Catalan, I suppose, to, to produce the players that we need. So I, I want the French game to grow. Of course we do. You know, we, 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 we've got a good relationship with the French from our own history. Um, and the sport needs a strong French team. But at the moment, I, it's a long way away. Mm. I think as soon as I started re reading about withdrawals, Parker, from both squads, I was like, not, not going to happen this. Not going to happen at all. The clubs need to take international rugby seriously if they want the game to grow. I understand, obviously, it's all about, don't, don't get me wrong, it's Salford above everything, really. But mm. if we want the whole pitch, the whole pie to become bigger and more money involved in it, we need to have representation at an international level, which is of a good quality. I've always said before on this podcast, what we need to do, we need to play New Zealand, Tonga, Australia in like a round-robin contest at the end of the season. I think, like the Rugby right Union do, where they play South Africa, Argentina, Australia, New Zealand, and all the home nations play off against each other. Obviously, we can't do that because the likes of Wales and Scotland against the likes of New Australia, New Zealand won't particularly work well. But Great Britain or England could could go involved in like a four four round 
you know, full round play there and bring a lot of sponsorship in, bring a lot of competition. And that's the, that's the important thing. But back to the sort of the French side of it, like you say, it's, it's a, it's a building thing, but they're in a situation where they're probably better than the rest, but not as good as us. And that's the position where they're, they're where they find themselves, which is a difficult situation because you need to be able to step up to our level. But the only way you're going to step up to our level is to play us more regular. But then if we're going to stick 50 points on you every week, how much does that help them? Yeah, and I, I mean, it's a shame that, you know, Toulouse thing didn't didn't work last year. You know, they came up, went straight back down. But but what, they, what they've done and what the, the mistake we make all the time is, and I'm not just talking about the French teams, I'm talking about rugby league in general in this country, is we import too many players. Mm. The best players playing for Catalan, English or Australian, the same happened with, with Toulouse. The majority of their team weren't French, mm. which is no good for developing the game. And I understand if, we, you know, if we've got eight overseas players, why can't they have overseas? Well, yeah, but let's, you know, let's make sure the squad is still majority of the country it's in. And that's, that's part of the problem at the moment. You know, they've had some great players at Catalan, but most of them have been the likes of Stacey Jones or, you know, Steve Menzies or somebody like Australians who are probably, you know, past their peak and, and moving on. And it's still the same now. And it's not going to help the international game. But my other, my other point to that is that for the friend, what the rugby league have missed out on again is after the World Cup, nothing was put in place to develop an international tournament. Hmm. Why why aren't France having games, again, against Wales or Scotland, if, if that's the case, and Ireland, but certainly against Italy, Greece, Lebanon? These other nations are, are just on that, that cusp of being, you know, OK, and the game's developing. No, there's no point putting the French up against England. It's not going to work at the moment. But let these other nations develop. You know, even uh, Serbia, obviously, we, you know, we spoke about in the past and the development of the game there. And that's where we've got to be. But there's no tournament put in place. The French have a friendly against England now. They get battered. When do they play again? Nobody knows. Mm. It might be next year. And it might be against England again. Or it might be, you know, they might have the Europeans or whatever. But it's not going to work. They need competitive games constantly to develop the to compete, to get people interested. You know, and, and these other countries will benefit from it. I mean, you look at the, you know, the Australians and they don't particularly take the international game to heart at the moment. But you've had the Kiwis, the Tongans, Samoans, Fijians, you know, all these, the New Guineas. That they play against each other and it creates this sort of, and this, this rivalry and then better players will come through. And, and you get more experience at international level because the next time French play, it, it, being the Europeans or whatever it is, but when it comes to the World Cup in their own country in a couple of years' time, they won't be ready for World Cup rugby. They mm. won't be ready for New Zealand, England and Australia, Tonga, because they'll still be at that level. We're not, we're not putting things in place now to develop the international game for anybody. And England are going to suffer for that as well. Yeah. It's obviously fascinating, Park. We'll see what happens in the next few months and how the international scene develops. Talking about the PDRL rugby scene and the Magic Weekend, we'll play Hull, Kiar and Wigan at St. James's Park. Obviously, you know, a great occasion and a great opportunity for, for this team to show what they've got. Yeah, and a big, big occasion, that, isn't it? It's brilliant. Hopefully we can all get there. I know there's going to be train strikes now, isn't there? So, uh, a <laughs> yeah. bit of a nightmare. But yeah, no, brilliant. they need the exposure. You know, again, to develop, that's another sport we need, you know, we need to be back in and, 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 and helping. But, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see them, 
you know, I remember, was it was it last year I went? The year before? I can't remember now. And they were there then. The, the, the face, I mean, the, the enjoyment on everybody's, you know, to see that. That's why, I mean, rugby league is such a great sport for that. And uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a great a great day for them and a few tough challenges. Yeah, be exciting that. Talk about exciting. The uh, ladies' nines fixtures have been announced. It's on the 14th of May at Victoria Park. We play Cardiff Demons, Leeds and Bradford. Obviously, you know, our ladies now in Super League 2. It's going to be, you know, a real good, you know, three teams there who are going to challenge them. It's going to be a very exciting. Yeah, the, I think we mentioned Leeds last week, didn't we? And, the, you know, they're, they're obviously the, the benchmark in many ways. I know York have been brilliant this year and Saints are always up there. But, but Leeds are where you want to be. They're the professional side. So it'd be nice to see us go up against them. But, uh, no, it's a good tournament and hopefully... Hopefully we can get to the, the the finals this year and run about on our own turf. But uh, no, it, it'll be a fascinating tournament. And it is a different sport, you know, in many ways than the 13 aside. So it creates, you know, it's not all about you know, Biff and Bash. You need speed and skill to play that. And uh, I mean, it's brilliant to watch, isn't it? Sevens rugby and nines and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, no, that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, Victoria Park, is that Warrington? Warrington, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. I'll have to see. Check the diary for that. Still not over last year's uh, miss no. from the final. Still not over that. Still brings me out of a cold sweat when I saw that on the on Twitter when it came out that we hadn't qualified. I was like, how are we, how are we not qualified for this? But, you know, it, it, I've, I've got over it now, just. Yeah, well, you know my thoughts on it at the time. <laughs> made it perfectly clear. It's one of the most ridiculous decisions I've ever known. But mm. anyway, this, now they've got a chance to redeem that and and hopefully make the big day. Yeah. Uh, final bit of news, Parker. The club have started promoting Ghana Rugby League, one of our link-ups around the world, and their league season started last week. Parker, exciting. Obviously, like you say, we've got link-up with Red Star, Belgrade, Australia, Wales, and it's great. Obviously, we've got Ghana involved as well. Players all over the world, you know, having links and, and being able one day, hopefully, to play for South Red Devils. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I, I love the, the, the enthusiasm of, of what's going on in Ghana. In Africa in general, it's, it's quite unknown, but there's four or five countries playing against each other at the moment that, that people wouldn't even know about. You know, Nigeria, Cameroon, obviously Ghana. They, they, you know, they, they, there's a few. I think Kenya are back on the scene as they were many years ago. And it's brilliant. I, I followed it last year. I know there's not like lots of domestic teams, but when you think where they're coming from, what, you know, growth... This is an alien sport to, to people in that country. And yet the passion is mm. unbelievable for it. And I, I'm glad we're part of that. I really am, a, a, you know, pioneers of it. And, and hopefully one day we might get the benefit of, a, you yeah. know, a couple of their, their lads coming over. And lasses, because I know the Ghana ladies are, are really good as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, developing the sport, you mentioned there, you know, the, the links we've got in the States and, and New Zealand, Australia. Ghana, Serbia, wherever, you know, more power to us and what does Salford bring to rugby league, who knows? But <laughs> it's, no, it's great and I'm going to look forward to to, uh, to, to Ghana this year and see what, you know, how it develops again. Them and Serbia, because I've been keeping an eye on Red Star, they've had a great start and I think they've got an international coming up over there against yeah. Greece in a, in a couple of weeks, so that'll be, that'll be good to see. But no, the development of the sport, this is what I'm saying about the international game, we get people interested 
more viewing figures. People will sit down and watch TV companies will take it seriously. More money will be invested, more sponsorship, and everybody benefits. But it's got to start there. It's got to start at the grassroots. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my eye out for, for what happens in Ghana this year. Yeah, very exciting times. They've got five teams in the division. Accra Panthers, Nunga Tigers, and their style player is Oliver Perman. Parking name to look out for there. The Bulls, the Scholars, who are the reigning champions, and the Bears. So I think me, you, and Paul should pick a pick a team. So which one would you like? Well, as as mentioned off air, I've got a friend over there. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm trying to see who he plays for, because I'm gonna have to pick them, it's only fair. <laughs> well, I'll go I'll... I'll do that. I'll pick my team. I think I'm going to go for the Acre Panthers because originally, when we first started this Ghana journey, that's the team that we were engaging with, and the the ladies in the men's team. I think the ladies team were like the the league champions. I think at one point as well. So I'm going to go with Acre Panthers as my pick. We'll have to see Very Paul's picked. out keeping Britain warm at the moment on a, on a bank holiday. So we'll have to wait and see what team he wants to pick. So have you have you found your your team you want to put your put your flag behind, Parker? I, I haven't. I, I'm a bit. Do you want to keep it in suspense then for next week? Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Right. I'll, so I'll, 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 I'll I'm going to have Accra. Yeah, yeah. You 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 go for the you go for the favourites. Don't worry about. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a look. I'll make my mind up in the week. Yeah, looking at the, the yeah, they played the uh, the first fixtures this week, and the Tigers lost to the Scholars twenty two sixteen. Then they also beat the Bulls twenty points to eight, and then the Panthers beat the Bears forty nil. So the Panthers, the top point scorers in the in the first week of the the season, Parker. Yeah, plenty of points. I don't think they're a good team anyway. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting to see. And the development, I think, I think there must be a new team this year because I think there was only four last year. There's five. Mm-hmm. This is it or six. So uh, again, good to see. And let's you know, let's let's keep supporting them. And uh, you know, if see if anyone's you know on the socials, just just give them a follow. You know, and encourage encourage people to get involved over there. And you know, you never know. In in ten years' time, the Ghanaian rugby league team might be a a force in a World Cup. You just never know. You never know. So that's all the news, and now we'll look forward to the games this weekend. It's time for the So we'll start off with our ladies, Parker. They're in Challenge Cup action against Cardiff Demons on Sunday, three one o'clock kickoff, according to previous posts. So just have to keep your eye on the socials, home game. So if we will confirm that later on in the week. Exciting, obviously, defeat last last week, week before against Featherstone. I managed to watch the full match confession time when I did watch the original game. I'd be somewhere mess, so I couldn't sit and watch two games back to back because he couldn't. He'd probably have a meltdown over that. So basically, I watched two fifty-minute sections. So I managed to watch the full game on RDTV, and uh, Chris Bates was spot on. That at one point I didn't realise I couldn't figure out which team only had thirteen players to select from. They were that good. Our, our ladies, you know, 
chances and, and de- ferocious in defence as well. So I'm sure if it can continue that farm against the, the Demons on Sunday, they'll get a result. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the week off will have obviously helped with, with the injuries, the head injuries that we, we, we suffered. You know, hopefully they, they can be fixed and patched up and back out on the park. And, and yeah, playing Cardiff, that's an interesting development. You know, mm. Working in South Wales somewhere, not particularly in the, in the men's game, it doesn't appear, but you know, it's good to see. I, I didn't realise last week that it was a kind of round robin mm. tournament. I thought it was a, a, a knockout because I'm sure they said in the stadium that Featherstone march on. Yeah. And give the out. And I was I mean, oh, right, that's a shame. So uh, this is a great chance to, to get back, get a win on the board and and push on. But we, we need players on the park, obviously. That's uh, when you explained it last week about, you know, we're losing, we lost two, three players straight away with injuries. You can't, you can't play an 80-minute game of rugby with, with one sub or, or none in the end. You're, you're going to suffer. The fatigue's going to set in and the opposition obviously going to score like they did. You know, take, take the game away from you. So, yeah, no, it's a good chance for us to get back on it. And I'm sure the girls are looking forward to it because they don't suffer defeat very often. It's not something they're used to. Mm. I'm sure it's not sat comfortably with them this week. So uh, they've got a great chance of, uh, you know, obviously making amends and, and pushing on and trying to get, th- you know, get through this, this tournament. Yeah, they are back-to-back South Super League champions, Parker. So they are the best of the best when it comes to the rugby league down south. Yeah, it's fascinating, really. I wouldn't have realised that. I mean, the south of England in general is, you know, does have a, a healthy sort of amateur men's game and, and, and hopefully one day will develop, you know, into, into professionalism. But the ladies' team seems to be really strong. Mm. Uh, and, they, and these are the best of them. And it's good to see them being part of this. You know, it's they, they've been given a chance to show what they can do, and I'm I'm pretty sure with with the heritage of rugby of either code in, in South Wales, they'll have they'll have some good players and and players who who know what they're doing. Mm. And I, I bet they'll be pretty physical. I think that might be you know on the cards. Yeah, they've got nine Welsh internationals. Obviously, looking at the Welsh ladies international squad that was announced a couple of weeks ago nine of their players are part of that squad which which shows you the quality that they've got in their division they've got Bristol Golden Ferns Bedford Tigers the Armet London Oxford Cavaliers and obviously themselves so you know we talked about expanding the game and and this is you know what it's all about you know teams down south uh, you know playing rugby league you know ladies game going all the time great stuff yeah absolutely i mean i mentioned the other week about london and their their production line if you like in the male game so i'm sure it's as strong in the in the female side of it bedford tigers well developed club really well they've been around for a while now and uh, again on the men's side so the, the, there's no reason because there's a rugby union heritage Hmm. which can be passed on in, in some way, you know, if you, you fall out of love with it or you fancy it, you know, whatever, different time of the year, you switch from union in the winter to league in the summer if you want to carry on playing. There's plenty to choose from. So it's probably quite competitive. Obviously, it won't be, I wouldn't suspect it's at the levels of, of what we have up here. No. Clearly, you know, you're not going to have your, your lead Saints, your, you know, Wigan, because it's, it's just the hotbed of, of the sport. But, um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some, some, you know, some good players down there. I, I think, I think Cardiff might be, if they're, you know, they're the strongest of them all, might be a real opposition. Hmm. They beat London in the grand final last year. London finished top, Cardiff finished second, but then Cardiff beat London 34-4 in the final. 
which shows you know what they can do under pressure. But it's going to be exciting, obviously. Challenge Cup playing sort of new opponents, our ladies. You know, it'll be exciting. You know, what we've seen so far, the, the new players that they brought in, taking this team to another level for me. So you're hoping, obviously, they'll, they'll take on Cardiff and show what they've got, and we'll be celebrating the first Challenge Cup win on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's going to be tough. Um, for, for for the girls, obviously, just got to get themselves up now, get them out of that mindset and get off to a flyer, you know, just in case any injuries do crop up. I mean, to have a lead would be it'd, it'd be very nice. But like you say, these these Welsh girls play together in the international team as well. So it's, it's, it's a tough prospect and it'll be interesting to see how we get on. Yeah. So get yourselves down there the, to, to Salford. Obviously, the club will announce the, the the kickoff time. It does say one o'clock, but obviously wait for the club to announce where they're going to kick off and what time. And get yourself down there and support the Chris Bates ladies. They're on a great journey into Super League and uh, looking for exciting things to come in the next uh, few months. Let's move on to Paul Rowley's men. They face Leeds Rhinos away on Friday. Parker, Rowan Smith, their coach, bit in and out Leeds at the moment. They're not the Leeds Rhinos of, of, of yesteryear, but they still have enough good players in that squad to test people. They, they are, you put it spot on there. They're, they're up and down. They win one week, they lose the next. Mm. They look awful one week, they look quite good the next. And going to Headingley, which is a graveyard for us, probably second only to, to Saints these days. It's you know it's it's going to be tough. It really is. They've had a week off as well to get you know any any bodies back. It's it's always a, a tough place to go, but but we shouldn't be afraid. We really shouldn't. You know, when you look at the league table. We, we're not there on you know on luck. We're not there on merit, and we've worked hard to be where we are. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can have at least you know Kenny Co back. I don't know what's what's there, whether anybody else is he's fit and available now, but uh, it'll be competitive. I'll say that. And and really, playing at Headingley is quite a wide pitch, which you'd think would suit mm. style of play, our expansive play and opening up gaps for people like Brodie Croft who, you know, wants to drop his shoulder and, and go through. Andy Ackers from acting half, exploiting space. It's going to be it's going to be a good game. I, 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 think, I think the thing is with Leeds, I don't think they know perhaps their best team. Yeah. I really don't. I think he chops and changes a little bit and then the half-back partnership, I mean, I'm going to live to regret this. Uh, I think it's been pretty dreadful while it's been together. Caesar and Austin, I just yeah. don't think they've worked. I don't think it... They'll probably have an absolute worldies this week <laughs> now, I've said that, but and I think that's part of the problem. You look at our half-backs and how instrumental they are in what we do. You know, they, they, they're, the, they're a massive part of the reason why we win. For me, Leeds halfbacks are major reasons why they lose. Mm. But they have got they have got some really good players. I mean, saw Ash Hanley playing for for England at the weekend. Scott always goes against us. Always, I don't know why he just does. You know, Rich, Richie Mile is still a pain, no matter how you look at it. Whether it's perhaps not playing the game quite fairly or or just being good on the day, he's got that about him. But they've got a lot of good players. Leeds playing at home at Headingley, but like I say, where it's tough. But we, we we should go there confident. You know, we've won three on the bounce now. We're, we're not we're, we're no dummies. And uh, hopefully, you know, the weather can can buck up a little bit. We have a nice dry pitch. I think it made for an open game. And, uh, who knows? Yeah, Caesar Austin reminds me of Chase and Smith for us. Both individually wonderful, put them together, just never quite clicked. 
And that's the problem I think Leeds have. You need somebody to be the dominant half who does stuff. But then there's two, both of them doing, wanting to do the stuff when the other one's not willing to help the other guy do it, if that makes sense. And that's and that's a problem for Leeds. For me, I think it's really important. I think Paul Rowley laughed at me last week, last, last year, when I said, you've got to make sure that you play the team and not the shirt or the occasion. And he was like, well, rugby players, you know, what we play leads every, you know, a lot. A lot. I was like, yeah, but we get beat a lot. So it's kind of a, you know, a thing that obviously we had and they looked at the, the, the stats. I think they've won the last four on the spin at home. So they'll have momentum. So we'll need to be able to quieten that south stand down and, and, and start playing rally ball. And, that, and that's, you know, that's what we hope for. We're, we're hoping for a, you know, a, a sort of marker. If we, if we can beat Leeds at Leeds, that's a, Regardless what form they're in, that's mm. that's a statement that, yeah. and that's a statement for not just us. That's for everybody out of our bubble who were reading things about our supporters share scheme and and watching us on Sky play great rugby, and you know seeing us in newspapers for the right reasons. We can turn leads over. That that puts a big big message out for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the week after we go to Saints, don't we? And that's, mm. you know, that's our other horror, horror place. But <laughs> if we could beat Leeds and go there four on a balance, having beaten Leeds away, mm. you know, it's again, another another chance for us to get so We don't care who we play. Yeah, and I, I, another point on that, hopefully the players, it's been explained to them what's what's happening off the pitch with the fans. Because I think we've got a great connection with our players, more so than we've had for a long time, since, probably since we left the Willows. I think there's a bond there now. You know, you see the players with the fans at the end of the game. And, you know, you speak to like Joey Burgess, who absolutely loves it. You know, he loves having his name sung and, and that kind of, he's never, never had that wig. And all the players seem to buy into it. And that hopefully they can sort of take in this, that it's it's going to be the fans that are going to keep them, you know, keep pay their wages, mm. keep them in jobs, you know. And, and we're the force behind the club now. They, this is how it works. There's no... Even though they, they they knew there was no money, but there's nobody just going to throw a load of money at it. They they need us as much you know we need them, and hopefully it gives them a bit of a, a more sense of you know I don't not pride, but you know they might just put in an extra an extra couple of percent if they can, and and, and turn leads over. I think that'd be a if we can go four in a row, which we we very very rarely do have done in our history really. That'd be a massive marker, and like you've said, it'll send a message out to the rest of the league that we, we've not just, you know, we have only edged games recently, but we've done it with hard work. But we can play rugby as well, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting night. Prediction time, Parky. Have you you've done your done your, your Google your Googles and your you know your writing down of, of scores? And obviously, I know you've got this prediction league going. How are you doing with that? I'm I'm I, I'm I am reigning champion, but I won't go on about it. No, but I'm I'm way down at the moment. I'm ninth uh, tenth in the league. I've had a uh, bad a point. Mainly the NRL's letting me down. It's shock results and all the time. Um, if we get a strong referee who's not going to be swayed by the Eddingley crowd and the shouts of the South Stand, like most of them are. Last year again, we got we got absolutely stung there with some awful decisions that put us in a. I think we were eighteen nil down through. Not much fault of our own. If we've got a strong referee and we've got bodies, fit bodies on the park, I think I think Leeds look very shaky, and I think we can we can take them. And it's not often I think this going to Edinburgh. I'm never never confident going there, but I I, I actually quite fancy us. So 
I'm going to go. I think it'd be close because I think all our games are close at the moment. But I'll say, I'll say we'll take it. Twenty-two eighteen. Twenty-two eighteen Salford. So Paul's getting a vote of confidence for being tenth in the prediction league from his board. I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go lead six Salford thirty-eight. 38-6, and I'm going Briley Hattrick in front of the uh, the Salford Mast faithful and that open end, which is terrible for a professional rugby league, super league team that you can't have a, you know, the amenities on one side of the stadium. Yeah, it's, um, it's an ongoing thing. I've, I'm one of the few, even though we don't do well, that I, I, I like heading left in terms of a stadium. But it is an absolute nightmare with no roof. I mean, as soon as it, the heavens open, you are yeah. drenched. It shouldn't, shouldn't happen. They spent millions on that, that stadium recently and and not bothered to look after the away fans. I think, I think it's a bit harsh. I know it's, it's difficult because they've got houses behind them and they say they can't build up. Well, you can build over like, you know, Wakefield did with that, that roof they put on their terrace. It doesn't have to go higher. Just go across. You might cut off the back two rows, but that's fine. It's not like Headingley's not big enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a horrible place for us, but I, I don't mind it. I always think the surface looks perfect at Headingley, always. I don't know why. But my brother went last year for the first time since the Challenge Cup defeat against Sheffield mm-hmm. there. And he, he was still, he, he was flabbergasted that they couldn't put a roof on it. And he, he, yeah, didn't speak very highly of the place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that, you know, I agree with you. We should, we should have fans. It's something about Yorkshire clubs that don't do that. I don't mm. know why, but they don't put roofs on, even though it rains a lot. But that's, you know, that's a different thing. But uh, no, it's going to be a good game. Good atmosphere. I hope there's decent numbers going over. I'm still trying to plan on getting there. I'm not. I've not been accepted yet, but I hopefully I'll get on a, a coach <laughs> somewhere or something. But yeah, no, it'd be, it'd, be a, it'd be a good occasion. And I think it will be a decent game. Both teams will be looking to, you know, to, to get into that, that top six and mm. offer us to try and stay there. Because you can't afford a slip-up at the moment. He's that tight. You know, Lee are going well, obviously. You've still got challenges from everywhere else. But it'd be a good, it'd be a good night. Yeah. So, obviously, very exciting. Both our men and ladies in action this weekend. Hopefully, two wins from two. That'll be what we're looking for. So, that's the end of this week's podcast another great show park i just want to say a big thanks to all the people who have donated via that via our kofi obviously helping us fund the podcast to you know for prescription subscriptions and equipment and to help us produce a quality of podcast that you're all enjoying week in week out parky you know it's a joy to do this but it's also fantastic that our listeners put their hands in the pockets and help to fund it and help us to create better podcasts every week yeah without a doubt i mean you know like we say the money that put, people are putting into the club at the moment you know i i i'm bewildered by some people's generosity but without without you know without our listeners and the contributions we 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 couldn't do what what we do it's uh, not i mean I, I said last last time we were on I, I can't thank people enough for for you know what they do i know times are hard and you know even a couple of quids you know it's it's, it's a lot you know you've got to you know, feed your families and stuff like that. So we do, we do greatly appreciate it. I, ju- I just want to say, by the way, I know I mentioned last week that uh, my niece was about to oh, make yeah. her rugby league debut for, for Eccles Roosters. She she did. Uh, 
play, they played at Langworthy Reds, a bit of oh. a local derby. And for the opener, they, they won. They won fairly well. I think it was something like 8-1 or something. You probably could have tried, you know, in no goal kicks or anything like that at that age. But it was brilliant to watch. These kids, are, they, they, it just puts a smile on your face watching them. Both teams just went at it. And it, there's no care, not a care in the world. You know, the weather wasn't great. It was raining early, 10 o'clock Sunday morning. But I went, I went down to, to the Roosters on the Thursday to watch them train and, you know, obviously Adrian Mall is there coaching him. I mean, you're getting coached for Adrian Mall. Come on, but I just want to say to to Patrick and everyone down there, you know, just keep doing what you're doing because he's he's fantastic. Giving these kids, you know, all over, not just there at Langley at Folly and everywhere else, giving them a, a chance to go and play at that age, boys and girls together. And uh, and in there, oddly enough, in their team, I think these two COs, a Lafay and a Marley. Is that? You're not going to do too bad with them guys in your team. So no. uh, yeah, no, it's brilliant to see. I really enjoyed it and, uh, you know, I just want to say to them volunteers who put the time in the coaches and everyone else at the amateur clubs in the area, please just keep doing what you're doing because, yeah, our sport needs you and, uh, you know, you're an absolute credit to, to yourselves, your clubs and uh, and to the sport. Yeah, fantastic. Obviously, the, the stuff that's going on at amateur level, you know, all the support that they get and people work hard week in, week out to keep these clubs going. It's a, it's a great thing. Um, so yeah, if you do want to sort of buy us a coffee through the Colfe, three quid helps us continue to produce the podcast that you all enjoy. So big thanks to tuning this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Amro Parkinson fans on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD fans on Twitter at the ITD SRD, and fans on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon.